Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at deals in the hydrogen space. I'm joined by Nate Treeler, a reporter for Merger Market based in Denver. Hi, Nate. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, great to be on. Thank you. So to begin with, can you briefly explain what are the main uses of hydrogen and where does it fit into the clean energy ecosystem? So there is a, a pretty well-established market for industrial uses for hydrogen for things like oil refining or uh, fertilizer production. What has been emerging uh, where hydrogen has started to figure into this uh, to this transition to, to net zero energy is as a way to fill in the gaps that electrification is not. Uh, not be able to bridge, you know, for all the effort and capital that's been spent on developing renewable energy resources of solar arrays, wind farms, and developing battery technology, there still have been problems where there's still not enough energy density and commercially available batteries to especially uh, bridge uh, long distance transportation is, is a major area where they, they tend to fall short. Um, you know, you, you it, it's hard to make it pencil out to shove enough batteries in a plane to get from London to Denver or to get a ship across the Pacific. Um, hydrogen has the advantage of, of much better energy density that enables uh, longer uh, transportation to happen without, you know, emitting carbon dioxide. So that's uh, the biggest opportunity that's being seen. Uh, electrification also comes up a little short so far when you're trying to deal with some industrial processes like uh, cement making or um, or uh, working with steel. Uh, you can get the the better energy and heat that you need off of hydrogen uh, to do that. Uh, things that you currently are using natural gas and coal for, and uh, there's also potential for it as a fuel for peaker plants to meet um, spikes in, in demand for electricity, although uh, it's going to be competing there for with uh, grid-scale batteries to be that kind of on-demand source of power to tap. So why hasn't hydrogen seen more traction or, or hasn't had such a high profile as other green energy sources? Is now hydrogen's moment? It is, it's got a really strong opportunity to, to take off. You know, uh, one of the uh, reasons hydrogen wasn't really part of the, the this green energy transition is Traditionally, the way it's been produced hasn't been seen as very green. The the typical method of producing hydrogen has been a, a process where you are using fossil fuels, you're taking natural gas or methane, combining it with steam, putting it through a process that produces hydrogen gas and carbon dioxide. And when you're already working with fossil fuels, and then you're turning around and emitting, I think the numbers I've seen were 10, 10 kilograms of carbon dioxide emitted for one kilogram of hydrogen produced. It hasn't been seen as a very clean process. Uh, on top of that, um, you know, there, there was a lot of effort put into electrification that's been, been going on and, uh, people have been looking how far that can go. But now that they're seeing the, the areas where you can't, uh, where it's difficult to, um, electrify industries, the, the the search has been for a more energy dense fuel. Uh, so with that transition to find ways to make greener hydrogen, um, you know, like a lot of things, when you try to make a greener process, it gets more expensive. Uh, you know, the um, the the uh, the end the 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 kind of hydrogen that's seen as the uh, ideal uh, greenest possible solution um, is 
well, it's dubbed green hydrogen, and it's produced by using renewable energy to separate the hydrogen from oxygen and water. And carbon never enters the equation. You're producing that hydrogen, you're producing hydrogen as a fuel. Uh, it is energy intensive, though, uh, as is uh, the more traditional methods of splitting hydrogen off. Uh, you know, hydrogen rarely, really doesn't occur uh, uh, in isolation by itself. It's usually attached to some other, you know, some other uh, substance. You have to find a way to, to split it off. And can you just run through the color grading? You mentioned green hydrogen there. Yeah, they're, they're kind of terms of art that have that have evolved to classify the amount of carbon um, uh, carbon emitted uh, in the process of producing hydrogen. You know, the the methods with natural gas uh, and steam combining with steam to produce hydrogen is often described as a, a gray hydrogen. Um, when there's no effort to really capture the the carbon dioxide um, as the opportunity for hydrogen has been been growing and growing. The focus has become, uh, you know, in, in the near term, on producing carbon, uh, producing hydrogen in the same way, but finding something to do with that carbon dioxide. So, uh, uh, when that when that is captured and stored, the, the carbon dioxide waste that is dubbed uh, the blue hydrogen and uh, uh, green hydrogen, like I said, is the where you're not bringing carbon into the uh, to the equation at all. There's also uh, increasing efforts to find ways to take natural gas, produce that hydrogen, and then instead of just having the carbon as a waste product, uh, finding a new purpose for it. There's uh, uh, companies, uh, uh, there's one monolith materials in Nebraska uh, here in the U.S. that has rolled out a process where it takes the carbon and produces carbon black with it, which is a, a substance that's found in your in most automotive tires. Uh, and they, they will contend that they should be considered green or at least turquoise somewhere between blue and green. Uh, there, there's a whole slew of other colors that are out there to describe hydrogen, but really gray, blue, and green are the three most uh, commonly used terms. Great, thank you. And you've been looking at the increasing number of deals in the hydrogen space. What are the headline findings? Okay. Yeah. So looking at data from DealLogic, we saw there's been, through the end of October, there was $4.6 billion worth of hydrogen-related deals in North America. Um, that total over 10 months is more than almost the entire 22 years prior combined. Uh, in September and October alone, it was $682 million, which uh, is more than 20 of the 22 previous years on their own. You know, the, the the dollars have really started flowing the last 12 to 18 months into the space. And can you talk through some of those deals? What size are they? Who is buying? What part of the stream or process are the, the companies in? Sure. Yeah, it's really happening in all stages, uh, all parts of the stream. Uh, Plug Power is one of the, the, the leading players in North America, and uh, they have gone about uh, building a vertically integrated company. They're doing that with partnerships around the globe. Um, they've announced one fairly recently with SK Global, uh, SK out of South Korea. Um, they're, they've also been making acquisitions of smaller uh, technologies that they can build in. Uh, recently, there was a they acquired a uh, company that that improved their their storage uh, uh, capabilities, which was a uh, uh, an area that I believe their CEO acknowledged was uh, one they wanted to uh, to uh, improve on. Uh, another one, Universal Hydrogen, is a, a pre-revenue startup. They've raised two rounds this year. The last one was uh, sixty-two million dollars in October. Um, they are trying to. Bridge another problem, uh, another challenge that hydrogen has right now, and that is how to store and transport it. If it's going to become as 
omnipresent as natural gas is right now, uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built out. Pipelines need to be retrofitted or, or replaced. Uh, storage needs to be developed. Uh, uh, vehicles need to be developed that have the, the storage capabilities for moving hydrogen around. Uh, Universal Hydrogen, for example, is offering um, uh, a series of modular capsules to load up on trucks and move around. They say it's you know, they're offering a solution that lets hydrogen uh, get to where it needs to be without having to spend you know, massive amounts of capital to to build out that infrastructure. There's even for for end users, Heisen Motors, um, which makes commercial hydrogen powered vehicles, went public through a SPAC transaction this year. So there, there's movement all across the uh, the spectrum for it. And what role are private equity groups playing in the renewables and particularly in the hydrogen space? Private equity has been very active in renewables. I mean, you can see between what investors are asking for um, and different policies and uh, different policies and different uh, pledges that governments are making around the globe, you know, the, the, the energy transition is happening. And uh, there, within the hydrogen space, there was probably about a year there where private equity was maybe trying to get a little more, a little more uh, sense of where things were headed. Uh, venture capital and, and strategics were more active, but you know, folks like BlackRock are starting to come back into the come into the space pretty aggressively. I think we've reported. Great. And one last question: Do you expect this momentum to continue, particularly in light of the recent COP twenty six summit here in the UK? Yeah, I, I think even the the final language uh, from those final statements might have been watered down a little bit from where it seemed to be headed. You know, there, there was a recognition of the need to, at the bare minimum, you know, decrease um, the dependence on fossil fuels. Um, you know, the the possibilities of electrification have already been, you know, the, the limitations on it as as current technology stand have already been established. And if these countries are going to hit their their various targets, whether it's what came out of COP twenty six or what are what um, you know, pledges they've made through in Paris or, or whatever other plans they have, this transition needs to needs to accelerate. And it's hard to see uh, those major major transportation uses, those industrial uses for fossil fuels being replaced by anything but hydrogen unless there's a significant leap in, in the technology for batteries or electrification. That's great. Thanks, Nate. Right, thank you. That was Nate Treeler speaking to me, Juliana Needham. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow or subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. You can find out more information on our show notes. Join us again next week.